morning, church. It is a good morning for us to pray. So I invite you to bow with me and pray. Father, this morning we come into your presence with fears, with anxiety, with questions. And we ask you to help us right now to be still and to know that you are God. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will bring you glory and will remind us all of your goodness. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I prepared this sermon after having a conversation with Bruce Goodwin about three or four weeks ago. Um, you might remember a few weeks ago we started with having this evangelistic self-assessment. We were asking ourselves some questions, what it is to share our faith and what is getting in the way of us sharing our faith by sharing our lives. Here at Woodbury we've got this commitment to develop disciples and this little marker right here uh, symbolizes sharing our faith by sharing our lives and that's been really important to us, something that we're trying to work on. And I'm the outreach minister here, so some of my responsibility, some of what I've been trying to do is make sure that we have a lot of different tools at our disposal. And so within our app, we've created this uh, discipleship resources tab, and, and there are different videos and different books and different resources within there for you. But one of the things I wanted to do was rely on people who do this a lot better than I do. And so I reached out to Bruce Goodwin, who is... Uh, a member here. Uh, he's actually preaching at Richfield this morning because the regular preacher at Richfield uh, just had a baby, and so they're excited by that. And Bruce is uh, filling in for him this morning. But I was talking to Bruce about, you know, how he goes about sharing his faith with people, how he's done this in the past. And so he said, you know, usually I, I just cater it to the individual. I cater it to whoever I'm speaking with. He said, there are really just three types of people that I've spoken with, and, and Bruce has had lots of these conversations. He said, there's lots of people who will come up to me and say, hey, I, I really want to understand what's going on in the Bible. Can we set up a study? And so for weeks and for months, he'll be able to sit down with somebody, and he usually goes through a gospel if that's the case. Second group of people that will come up to him are, are the people that say, hey, I've got about three weeks to figure this out. I'll give you three sessions. And so Bruce would, you know, come up with a, a plan. So three weeks, what can we cover in three weeks? But he said there's a third group. And it's the people who are, are kind of told to go talk to him. <laughs> it's the people who get dropped off in his office. It's the people who are willing to give him about 30 minutes. And he said, had a lot of those. And the one thing I always do is I go to the same text. I go to Luke 15. And so this morning... I want us to look at Luke 15. Now, it's a text that you are extremely familiar with. It's a text that you've heard a hundred times. So we're going to read it from the message this morning just to open us up to what's going on in it. I'm going to start in verse 4 if you want to follow along. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and you lost one. Wouldn't you leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the lost one until you found it? And when found, you can be sure you would put it across your shoulders. 
rejoicing. And when you got home, call in your friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me. I've found my lost sheep. Count on it. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over 99 good people in need of no rescue. Or, imagine a woman who has ten coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and scour the house, looking in every nook and cranny until she finds it? When she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors and say, celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Then he said, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them. And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all of his money, there was a bad famine all through that country, and he began to hurt. He signed on with the citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs, and he was so Hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. But no one would give him any. And that brought him to his senses. He said, all these farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God, and I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son again. When he was, so he got right up, went home to his father. And when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out and embraced him and kissed him. The son started his speech, Father, I've sinned against God and I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening he was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We are going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. All this time, his older son was out in the field. And when the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called over to one of the houseboys, and he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home, so your father has ordered a feast, because he has him home safe and sound. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he just wouldn't listen. The son said, look, how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. Have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? 
Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money shows up and you go all out with the feast. And his father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time and all that I have is yours. But this is a wonderful time and we had to celebrate. This brother's of yours was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost, and now he is found. I really believe that the question that a lot of people ask is not, the question a lot of people ask is, what is God like? The question we wrestle with when we wrestle with scripture, when we wrestle with life, is simply the question, what is God like? And in all three of these stories, the main character in each of these stories is is a way of understanding God. In all three of these stories, (coughs) excuse me, when something is lost, And then it is found, God is not impartial. God is not simply glad when he finds something. God is overcome with joy when those who are lost are found. It results in a party every time. God's boundless mercy and his gracious initiative is to seek out the lost and celebrate with joy once we, the lost, are found. One of the fundamental truths, not only of Scripture, but of God, is that God seeks out sinners. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Paul teaches us that God proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, not once we figured it out, not once we got everything right, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy, and he says to Timothy, God desires for everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants for us. In Luke 19, just four chapters after Jesus has told these stories, he says, the Son of Man has come to seek and save what is lost. God seeks out sinners. And so when we read this passage this morning, when we look at Luke 15, and we ask ourselves, what is God like? Jesus is revealing to us the very heart of God. Jesus The perfect representation of God is saying, without a doubt, that God doesn't only want us, God desires us. God pursues us. Isaiah says that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray, but Jesus is saying that we have a good shepherd that leaves the 99 behind to come and find us. We have a God who's willing to clean up all the messes in order to find us and restore us. We have a loving Father who is running out to hold us as we come back home. And once we are back, God is throwing a party. 
started this off by telling you that this whole conversation began because I was seeking, uh, seeking wisdom on what we need when we're sharing our faith with people. And if you begin to think evangelistically, if you begin to think about sharing your faith by sharing your life, I think you might be able to imagine that some people probably need to hear this good news. Can you think of anyone who needs to hear this good news? Can you think of anyone who would be delighted to know that our God is not vindictive, that our God is not just sitting up in heaven waiting to smite us for every mistake that we make, that we don't have a God who's just trying to make bad things happen, but we have a God who pursues us, who loves us, who seeks us out to make us his. Do you know anyone who needs to experience God's boundless love and his mercy and his grace? The reality is this is our good news to share. We get to experience this every day. We get to be part of the 99 because God left the 99 behind to come make us part of that. God pursues us. This is the gospel. God loves us. God desires us. God pursues us. It is all about God. And I would imagine some of you might need to hear these stories this morning. I would imagine that some of us may have never come to God. Some of us may have never committed to being a disciple of Jesus Christ, to understanding the heart of God and making that who we are. Some of us may have kept God at arm's length from the very beginning. Maybe you were once a Christian but have moved away from that. Or maybe you claim to be a Christian but your life shows something different, something else. Here's what I know about God. God is looking for you. God is seeking you. And God is ready to throw a party if you're ready to come to him. He's been seeking you out, and he is ready right now. I think that's good news. I think that's news we need to be reminded of. In the midst of all the chaos of life, we need to ground ourselves in the truth of who God is and what God's about. I'm going to hand it over to Dale at this point. 